There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's that big voice guy. That means we're finally starting. Holy smokes. Welcome back to another week of Nebraska Preps post games uh, with my main man, Jacob Padilla. JP, I don't even know where to start, right? We've got we've got districts on the horizons. We had some district changing games played last week. We've got movers and shakers. We're already starting <laughs> postseason yeah. play this week. Like, what is going on? How are you, my friend? I'm good. Uh, A lot to talk about, obviously. A very eventful final week of the regular season, and now the postseason has finally arrived. Yeah, let's let's backtrack just a smidge and talk about some of those games that were actually changed a little bit of the seedings, especially at the top between A1, A2, and A3, one in which we both saw in attendance. We can start right at the previously number one ranked Omaha Westside Warriors. Yeah, and... Uh, uh, going to Gretna on Thursday, uh, tough one. And man, the Dragons get it done, fifty-one forty-five. They, they they have a bizarre resume this year. You look at what they've what they've accomplished, the the big wins they have compared to some of the games they've lost. That they, they they go to they, they beat Westside, they beat Prep, they beat Central, um, and they beat Bellevue West. They beat Bellevue West, and they lose to Omaha North twice, yeah, so, uh, and a couple others. So let me let me tell you what they're really good at. And this isn't this isn't. I'm not talking about pin downs, ball screens, ice and ball. I'm not talking about any of that. You know what they have the ability to do, and you can decide whether this is a good or a bad. They definitely know how to rise to the occasion. Yeah. One good time to get up and embrace the moment. They are very very good at that. I think it's in the cultural DNA. They've embraced this underdog role. They handled that environment much, yeah, yeah. much better than Westside did. I, I, you know, Westside shot poorly. Um, you know, no Benning, no Meeks, doesn't matter. You could tell from the opening tip that Gretna was prepared for the moment. Yeah, and like you mentioned, uh, Chandler Meeks, who was sick, was not able to play, was not there. Uh, Caleb Benning goes down uh, hard fall uh, early in the game. I think it was the second quarter. And so that's two of your uh, eight top man, seven. Y- yeah, uh, eight nine man rotation. Two of your guys down um, right off the bat, and they just could not. And Gretna credit to Bill Hurd and that defensive mind trust over there. Uh, the switching zones they they started uh, in their two three, then switched it up to one three one. Kind of went back and forth throughout and. Westside just settled so much on a on a night when the shots just weren't falling. I've never seen them shoot the basketball so many times and not draw iron. Yeah, there was a few. There were a few rush ones. I mean, ones. Good, good, just good open looks. I, I thought when they finally early when I felt like they had a good plan for the zone where they let 
Caleb play from the foul line extended. They missed a couple of those bunnies early with yeah. those little diagonals with the guys diving on the yeah. baseline. Uh, if you can't get the easy ones, you're, it, you have a tendency to rush everything else because you get the sense you're not going to be open. Yeah. And, and, and that might be what, because it did, like, the, the actions, they were, it wasn't like they were just standing around. Yeah. And, like, they were running some good stuff. To it was good stuff early. Looks. They just, like you said, they, they, they missed a few inside, and then they were taking the early clock, or, I mean, there's no shot clock, but they were taking the early threes in the possession, kind of the first available look, on, again, on a night when they weren't falling. And I think Westside's inability to get out and convert on transition early yeah. was, I know, you know, crowd, the the West Side fans are like, oh, are you kidding me? But I think one of the places you did miss some of those good young athletic bodies is you kind of had some odd pairings out running the break, right? Where you'd get a an odd body and, and Logan Wilson <laughs> out on the break, right? <laughs> it's just like we didn't convert a lot of two-on-ones and three-on-twos. And conversely, Gretna played so hard running plays down, right? They they were a little discombobulated in the backcourt, and they, the ball may get bobbled or tipped, and they'd get runouts. And Westside never converted. Yeah, I thought Gretna's transition defense was fantastic, oh, yeah. and it started early. They just weren't going to concede anything early. Yeah, it was really fascinating, kind of the defensive back and forth and the different styles. And uh, obviously, we talked about the zone and kind of what that did. You you mentioned uh, uh, Tate Advati. Uh, he was he had six of their nine two pointers. Mm. They had nine two-pointers the entire game, and six yep. of them were. He was the only one that was able to. And got off to the slow start anything. early. Yeah. He was the only one able to create anything inside the arc. So that, that's maybe an area where Chandler Meeks would have helped with just another guy that could shoot that gap. He can pull up, hit the little, uh, hit the little 10-footer kind of over the, the, the back line of the zone. So that he might have helped somewhat uh, in, in that area, at least a little bit, just another guy to, again, collapse the zone and make plays for others. But, um they just couldn't figure out a way to, to, to get the, the uh, more shots inside the arc. They were 9 of 21 on twos and uh, 7 for 31 on threes. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the zone work. They kind of fell into the trap on a night. It's obviously a very good shooting team, one of the best. They weren't hitting that night. Again, some of them were rushed. Some of them weren't the best looks. They also missed some, some really good wide open ones too. A cu- uh, cu- couple of key guys, I felt like, you know, Alec Wilkins was was really good for yeah. Gretna. One of the few guys that took multiple shots that shot over fifty percent. Um, did a really yeah. he did a really good job, and we'll get to the headliner here in a second in Grand Jansen. But you know what I liked about Alec? He did a really good job. He was like the momentum stopper. Every time you thought Westside was either going to make a run or on the verge of one, he'd get a loose ball, he'd make a nice pass, he'd convert a nice bucket. I I felt like he really was the momentum stopper because he got such key timely baskets. Yeah, he had finished with 10 points, 4-6 shooting. Most of that was in the third quarter when uh, – so Gretna got off to a 14-6 start after the first quarter, um, got off to a great start. Grant Jansen was a big part of that. Westside settled in, they got it back down to one, and then Gretna uh, in the third quarter kind of opened it up, got it up to a 36-26 lead after back-to-back threes, the only two threes of the game that they hit. And that's where I was talking about Westside's defensive game plan and their execution. They were hounding those guys yeah, three-quarters of the court the all the way. They could not. Should have a, done it the whole game, but I think he was worried about his numbers early, yeah. especially and, and, after the second quarter. And that's the other part where missing Chandler and Benning hurts because you just – now you're playing the same guys the entire game. 
and it's hard to maintain that level of effort defensively and still have legs to knock down their shots how late fan, in the game. How fantastic was Grant Jansen? Yeah. I well, mean, let, let, let's hey, – listen, the 16 points are great. The 7-9 shooting was great. He made – he got every 50-50 yeah. ball first to the floor, the key loose rebounds, just out hustling guys. Yeah. On that particular night, he was the best player on the floor. And, again, they were two of five from three because of that defensive pressure. They are a good three-point shooting team. They did not get shots off because of West Side's pressure. They needed interior scoring, and that and that's what Jansen provided. And, obviously, that's you don't really have a great matchup for someone like him no. with his size. Logan Wilson's uh, a good defender back there, but he's uh, quite a bit slighter than I, I than think Grant. He, got, and he got outworked, yeah. right? I, I, I was uh, – the, the front court – um, or the three that are on the glass as you, you kind of are sending three. Sometimes Westside then started to send four to the glass. A lot of, lot of tip balls, a lot of, lot of volleyballs that Gretna was the team to get. I, I, I felt like ultimately second chance points really did Westside in. Yeah, and so uh, Gretna got up 10 in that third quarter. Westside uh, kind of closed, closed to within four at, at the end of the third quarter. And then um, they kind of open it up with five straight points, uh, an and one from Landon Pekorski off of a great pass from Grant Jansen. Yep. And then Pekorski scored again, uh, might have been free throws, but scored five in a row to open a seven-point game. And then that was basically it. Uh, Tate uh, Oddbody hit, uh, I think, scored four points to start the, the fourth quarter. And then Westside did not score again until Tate got a steal and score with a little over a minute left. They they just could not find a way to put the ball in the basket in the fourth quarter. No answer. Yeah. And they, they, they got a couple of steals. They got some, some plays down the stretch, but Gretna hit enough from the free throw line to kind of hold on to seal that win. And conversely, who didn't make their free throws? Well, n- actually, neither side. Both shot 50%. What, Gretna was 9 of 18. Gretna, was better, was, six of Gretna was better late. Yeah. Than yeah they, a lot of those came in the fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I felt like, again, that's just another testament to them understanding the moment. Yeah. And, and handling it better. So that that was obviously a, a snap the twenty game win streak for Westside. Just uh, second loss of the season, kind of changed Tom, some Tom Thompson there. and those guys that were playing on that team that won twenty three straight. Your <laughs> string is still intact, <laughs> much like the seventy two Dolphins popping champagne. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, so that was a huge one. And then the other big ones of the week involved Central and, and Creighton Prep. And started on Tuesday, uh, Miller North went to prep and pulled out a 60-57 win. Yeah, fantastic game. I, I Aesthetically, it wasn't as pleasing, but the competitiveness, you know. Prep gets down early 12-3. They storm back. Um, and it was just kind of back and forth. Yeah. And Man, how about the good look that Prep got at the end of the game with a chance to tie? <laughs> like, that's about as good a look as you're going to get, given the fact you need a three from O'Malley. That was well done. And I th- like, I think uh, Miller North even had a foul to give, too. Yeah, and thought- so they let uh, penetrate the lane, kick back out, top of the three. Casey O'Malley got a look, and it just didn't go down. But, yeah, there's no, there's no way they should have gotten that clean of a look down, uh, down three at, at the buzzer. But... They did and didn't go in. It was, like you said, back and forth game. Prep 6-0 run uh, to, to pull ahead 52-49 uh, in the fourth quarter. Then Noah North tied it up, and it was kind of back and forth. David Harmon with the big kind of poke away and leak out to, to take the lead for good at 56-55. Um, then they got a stop and, and hit some free throws and um, were able to, to hold on to that one. Like you said, they had a shot at the buzzer, but it didn't go. And, man, 
that that was a fun battle between the big guys and Luke Jungers. He, yeah, that's the best I've seen him play. Yeah. And he went at Jason Green. Exact. That's the the part too. Like knocked down a couple of jumpers, obviously, but he was so good in the post, putting shoulder right into Jason's chest, go up and finish with that little jump hook. Um, he he scored. His, I'm telling. That's that's maybe the best performance I've seen him have against like than or like or better competition. He scored 16 of their first 18 points. Yeah. Just he was fantastic. Absurd. Like he he was so good. Finished with 23 and nine and 12 shooting, three of five from three, eight boards. Uh, the rest of the team. Unfortunately, they scored 34 points on 37 shots. They just could not get those guards going uh, with O'Malley and Martel Evans. And uh, and Jason Green, conversely, 20 points, 12 boards, 6 blocks, 4 assists, just another stat stuffer. (laughs) David Harmon had a big, uh, I forgot what, his second or third quarter. Um, He he went off and then obviously got that, that key play late to give them the lead. And Neil Mosser, 12 points, 4 or 5 from 3. Hit, uh, he was uh, responded to that 6-0 run with a big three, got foul line, missed a free throw, but tied it up with that, that corner three on the kickout. And, man, they're, they're a different team when, when he's knocking down threes to go with Harmon. Yeah, it just kind of stretches him a little bit, right? It's not as much pressure on Harmon and those guys to get to the yeah. foul line, which he's very capable of doing. Yeah, and then uh, that was Tuesday. Also, Elkhorn South beat Omaha North on that one uh, on Tuesday as well, 68-56. Omaha North is a hard team to figure out. They only have two wins against teams with a winning record, but they're both both great. And and it's weird, too, because uh, with – what they struggle with, they don't really have much size at all. Yeah, the Grand Island game wasn't as surprising – having seen both teams yeah. to some because there was just no answer for Trout. Well, and Henry Burke, 21 and 11 for, for yeah. Elkhorn South, another big, strong body post. You would think Gretna figure out a way to, to play through Grant Jansen in that one. And, but whatever reason, it's some weird things. But Elkhorn South playing well to close out the season. Then they on Friday. Are. They are. Yeah. That's a team, again, you know, I talk about Central, and they arguably had their best loss of the season or maybe even the best game of the season as you look at it and the environment they played against in Westside. That's, those are just two teams that I, I I just wouldn't enjoy playing. Gretna's played Westside close twice, so I know what they're capable of from a from a gritty standpoint. And and again, Central seems to embrace the moment. Usually, it's those teams that are held in high regard that they they typically play their best basketball against. Yeah. And Friday night, uh, Central and Bellevue West. Uh, Bellevue West pulled out 68-57. It was 30-all at halftime. Yeah. Uh, and then Bellevue West just hit them 23-13 in the third quarter, and that was it. But um, it's – Bellevue West's spurt ability yeah. is is pretty good, right? I mean, you kind of held them in check, and, and Bellevue West goes back-to-back quarter scoring over 20 points where in the second and the third quarter – Central conversely had their low in the third quarter where I think they only scored 12 or 13 points. Yeah, 13. And, and you know, Bellevue West erupts. That's just too good of an offensive team, in my opinion, to keep down. Well, and, and they held uh, – you look at it, both kind of star guards for this team. Both were held in check. Uh, uh, Josiah Dotes are 13 points uh, on 3 of 12 shooting, and Jay Dawson 14 points on 5 of 14 shooting. So kind of the two main, main cogs for each team. Uh, they had a rough one. Uh, P.J. Davis stepped up, 18 points on 6-12 shooting. Uh, one of, uh, he's really efficient compared to some of the game, some of his bigger games or games recently. But William Kyle, 17 points, 8 boards, and Evan Inselman, 11 points. 
that they just got a little bit more from the supporting cast with, with kind of both star players held in check. When you're looking at kind of Bellevue West and you talk about the star guards, and, and obviously it starts with Josiah Dotzler, and 16-4-4 and four and four is nothing to to shake a stick at, right? But it seems like as of late, he's been relatively quiet. I, I For as dynamic as he is, and he's going to be the focal point of, of teams every time out on the scouting report. But does that, does those numbers, do those seem right to you? Well, and uh, they... The second, like the stretch run for their schedule wasn't as yeah, tough, so they haven't necessarily needed played, him played to. A ton, yeah. yeah, so they haven't need to, needed him to kind of take over. And um, but we certainly know he's capable. Oh and, yeah. And Central followed that one. And difference in that game, uh, Bellevue West seventeen and twenty three from the free throw line. Central eight of eleven. Yeah. Neither one were particularly effective fr- from the field. It, it, there really was the difference. How about how about Dostler shooting forty one percent from three? Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that was kind of the next step for him. Like exactly, if he can, that's why I brought it up. Like he, and, uh, and not only just uh, at, do it while being the lead ball handler too. Like there's a difference between being able to spot up playing off a of Chucky Hepburn and, and shooting forty percent, and being the guy that's creating everything, and then pull up threes or can, uh, breaking down the defense, kicking out, popping out, and then catching it uh, off the reversal. Like those are different kinds of shots, and be able to shoot that well uh, in that role. Um, shows kind of the growth and the improvement uh, yeah. uh, for him as a shooter. Only six less threes than Jaden Jackson made, who's got 49 on the season. But Jaden Jackson has taken 16 more yeah. threes. So it's like he, he has shot the ball, uh, in my opinion, from distance really well. I mean, and, just just kind of adding to it. And and that's huge for his growth and the next level. Because um, yeah, he's already we, almost impossible yeah, to stay in front of. Exactly. You know what he can do, change of pace and creativity around the basket. So you had the kind of three-level ability there um, that makes him even tougher to guard. Was there a big winner, in your opinion, from the A1, A2, A3 movement uh, in terms of district opponents? I don't – I'm not, like, chomping at the bit with North as a two-seed. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they're an A2, right? Uh, they're, they're an A1, A1 with, with Miller North. North. Yeah. So, which is an interesting matchup, but I, well, there's, was there anything in that little kind of reversal of, you know, cause I think Westside went in as kind of the A2 selection. So they flip flop with the loss to, to Gretna did nothing really changes there except for Miller North has a nice road. <laughs> Especially when you have the wild card bonus, and you're the, you're an A one. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's the advantage of earning the the one seed. You get the 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 top district there. Um, it will be interesting. I think you talked about North. I think Lincoln East is kind of in is probably the, the most interesting of those three two seeds to me. North Platte is, is in uh, A two and West Side of course has, West. has East. Yeah, and. They didn't play during the regular season, and um, obviously I've talked about Carter Templemeyer before, but uh, 54 points in his last two games, so it'll be fun to see him going against those guys perimeter defensive-wise, and we'll see hopefully everybody heals up there for, for Westside. And yeah, to- Ch- Chandler came back Saturday after missing a fair amount of time being sick and could not yeah. play yeah. very much. Um, I think he maybe got to the six- or seven-minute mark. He was sick. Yeah. at the half. So I think getting them this week and kind of it's it's the way that it's going, we'll do Westside well. Chandler gets a chance to get healthy. I don't think 
Uh, Caleb will get back to practice anytime before Friday. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be an interesting shuffle. Yeah. But uh, I guess the other big one we forgot uh, – Saturday, Central and Creighton Prep, uh, Eric Barron's last home game in yeah. the regular season uh, as Central's head coach. And it was very similar to the, the Miller North game for Prep. Um, tight back and forth, down to the wire. Luke Jungers had a huge game. Well, um, Central's fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a team that, that, that figured out in a hurry. It was all about closing time. Well, so, yeah, Prep got off to a 15-4 start to the third quarter um, to, to, to take the lead after trailing most of the, the first half. Um, Central got it down to two points heading into the fourth, and it was back and forth, back and forth, bucket for bucket. Uh, I believe Dawson scored Central's first 13 points of the first quarter. Yep. Um, and then the Central pulled ahead on a, uh, and one play on a great set play, back cut, uh, from Owit Mammer um, to, to to put them up by three, and then they got to stop on Jungers in the post. And honestly, I thought he got fouled about two, three times on that move. It was kind of a tough no call, uh, but Central took advantage, went down and uh, hit enough free throws down the stretch that really, when you're going back and forth, one empty possession uh, could be all that takes because Central went into stall mode after that um, and, and were able to to close it out the free throw line, but. Uh, Dawson finished with 29, uh, really efficient, fit five threes, um, seven boards, couple of blocks, couple of assists. Jungers built on what he did against Mount North and dropped a career high, I believe, 30 on 10 of 17 shooting, two of five from three, eight of eight from the line. Again, going to work in the post, great, great footwork, um, showing strength to, to kind of rip through and finish over the top. And um, he, he played so well down the stretch. And I think kind of this last week just shows that this these district finals these uh, in this um, state tournament they've got a chance to be pretty fun because uh, all, all these teams they're they're pretty close all these games were were anybody's uh, anybody's uh, t- to get in the, this last week of the regular season they're yeah all it's interesting right because you you take out like three or four minutes of of all these games and they all could have had different outcomes. Yeah. And in a 32-minute game, your well, margin for error is not great. Oh, and then even the one that Central escaped last week. Um, oh, good call. That, that against Central, uh, or Westside escaped against Central. Um, like, again, Central. Actually, they were only outplayed for about four minutes. Yeah. And that was the final four <laughs> minutes. Central basically outplayed Westside for 28 yeah. of the 32 minutes. So that, that's got a chance to set the stage for a pretty exciting postseason here, uh, especially with the, those top teams once we kind of get things narrowed down here. Do you have a dark horse? You like the seedings? I'm looking. I'm looking more Lincoln Northeast lands, and they're coming off a little good boil momentum with the with the with the key three late. Do you like where they landed in and their district seedings? Yeah, that's. Let's see, they are. Which one is that? Uh, you you got to go to A six. It's it's Brian Prep yeah, Grand yeah. Island and Northeast. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, and we saw during the regular season, Prep and Northeast went down to the that's wire. A, that's the one that's got my attention. And, again, you, you deal with Trout in the first round, and if Northeast holds on in that one, you, you go to uh, get another rematch with Prep. And, again, down to the wire. Northeast has kind of fallen off a little bit down the stretch here uh, from where they were. They need, a, a, I think, a game winner to, to beat Fremont, although Fremont played well in the second half of the season. Um, so they're still kind of a hard team to get a read on, but – that definitely uh, has the potential to be one of the, the better district finals. Yeah, you, um, I wanted you to go over to A7 where you got North Star at, at Papula Vista South and Southeast and Pius. That's the one that I have the hardest time capping. 
Yeah, and, and I, I just, and I know South Papula Vista South just just hammered North yeah. Star, and I don't know what happened to North Star's roster. Yeah, um, but Papio South hasn't lost in February. They've, yeah, they've finished the season really strong, right? I mean, they got they got Belly, they got Millard West, Bell East, North, Elkhorn South, Columbus, and North Star. Yeah. Now the schedule isn't daunting. But that Elkhorn South is a good win. Yeah, and we've seen some teams stub their toe in games that we feel like they should have won. There's got to be something to say for how they're playing in February. For sure. And Daniel Brocale is playing at a really high level down down the stretch. And uh, Bryson Ball um, shot the ball really well against North Star on yeah, Saturday. If you, if you don't pressure him and let yeah. him shoot, I mean, he's going to eventually get you. Yeah. And he's just a pup, but he'll get you. And with – with how hard Ian Medic and Daniel Brocale play and the ability, the way that those guys can shoot the ball, they've got to be really annoying to play against because yeah. you've got to, you're going to have to battle with those guys inside. You're going to have to try to defend without fouling. And then you also got to stay home and not uh, give up those wide open kickout threes uh, as part of that too. So that is a, a tough team. I think Pius against Papio South, that, that again, you, you mentioned, the further you get down in the brackets, the closer yeah, that, the ones and twos are. But the, yeah, that, the that six and was, seven, yeah, that was tough for me to kind of sort through as I looked at it, and because um, I think I would probably go with prep and a six. Although if Northeast won, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Every other one, I feel like I have a. Now maybe you, you like the matchup with Gretna and Southwest Lincoln Southwest potentially in a five, but. I felt like seven, and it, as it should be, how the seedings go, is the toughest for me to say, yep, I, I like them. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, again, it, they work out this way. It just, you look at probably the four through seven, I think all of those have a chance to be really interesting in the final, uh, Elkhorn South and Central. I think that uh, they played during the regular season. I think Central or Elkhorn South was, was controlling that game early, yeah. and then Central kind of came – Roaring back behind Jay Dawson in a big game, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly. But, like, again, with the way the Elkhorn South's playing, that's not a pushover either uh, yeah. if that, if seedings hold there. So, four, five, six, seven, uh, th- th- those all have a chance to create some really, uh, really intriguing uh, district final games. All right, so you got to talk to me here. What are we, what are we playing for or looking for in, in Class B? The next closest to Scott? Or can can anybody get Scud? How are you kind of looking at that? Well, it's going to be interesting. I think Wednesday uh, for the the sub district uh, finals there. I think you've got potential for uh, Scud girls and Elkhorn North uh, rematch, which would be and fantastic. Scud boys and Roncalli rematch. Uh, so honestly, that that's like state title game right there. Uh, are you are you buying the three times in a row thing? If a team's just better, that's because Scud appears to just be better than Ron Kelly, and and that's the deal. They were kind of this round two. They pulled away the first one right down to the wire. Round two, they kind of controlled it um, pretty well. Um, so it, let's put it this: if they do just kind of roll in that one, then yeah, good luck the the rest of Class B. Let me ask you something: Would you rather be playing for perfection or or be the hunter? Whew. Uh, I, I think I'd probably be uh, playing for perfection because that means I've probably got a pretty good roster. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, um, and chance to do something special. I think that obviously uh, there's some pressure there and you kind of worry about handling that. But at the same time, there's kind of the positive pressure. It's like, hey, we got a chance to do something special here. 
And um, especially if you're uh, kind of a program that's used to winning, I think you, you do you have played with big expectations before. Hey, you, th- you think Coach Jay knows a thing or two about winning it? <laughs> yeah. Scott. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, and especially coming off of last year where I think they had a disappointing postseason showing for their standard. I think um, they're coming back here pretty pretty fired up to, to make a deep run. Well, gosh, we have to go fast. The fastest 30 minutes in sports. <laughs> we, we, will, we will be back next week. We'll cover all the classes as – We'll have a very good – we actually will know uh, what we're getting for who the participants will be in Lincoln. Should be a ton of fun. We won't make any lofty predictions this week about how districts will go. We'll try to cap it as best we can. Don't you miss next week. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. We'll be back next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. Production.